welcome to the lasso cast <laughs> my name is john and i love ice cream and i am joined by Sai and i yeah i'm, I'm done with ice cream <laughs> and also with us i'm kenny i freaking love ice cream you kidding me guy kidding me uh we'll talk about the ice cream in a minute but um Sai, are you ambivalent towards ice cream I, I'm sure we've talked about this before. I think men have like a real connection with ice cream in a way that I and maybe other female identifying people do not. I like it. It's not the first thing I'm going to seek, but there are certain brands that are top notch. It's a dad treat. It's a uh, dad treat. It, it is a, it is, I like to call it a daddy treat. Yeah. Uh, and every, anytime I see ice cream, I go, I want daddy. I want a treat, daddy. Hey, does do you think that men are just into dairy products overall more than women? Oh, boy. Could be. So there's maybe some sort of like, you know, 40 and shit going on there. But I feel like <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a woman just have a glass of milk. And I feel like I've only seen men do that. So I just think y'all ah. are into dairy. Interesting that you say this uh, because the co-host of my other podcast, Trek Wars podcast. uh, Mm. So sorry, I have another podcast. Please forgive me. Uh, But they talked about uh, in they talked about going through a milk drinking phase Mm. uh, in college and will enjoy just a nice glass of milk every once in a while. Not even chocolate, just straight up. Yeah. Okay. I drink a straight up milk. Well, of course you do. <laughs> do you think it's also, is it only men who still drink out of nipples? Gosh, I love to drink out of a good nipple every once in a while. Right? You get just the perfect amount. Mm-hmm. Not too much air. <laughs> I have um, no idea what's being said right now. <laughs> just what a heck of a statement to just come back with our first episode in months. It's we're the just Valentine's like, app. Yeah. <laughs> love is in the air. <laughs> So are the nips. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> utterly confused. Hey, utterly confused. Ew. Oh, boy. <laughs> I love how the last couple episodes we've done are just completely off the rails, but you know what? It's fun. The last I... couple episodes, uh, the ones that we have done months ago because we've right. been in such a, uh, just, just a dry spot of Ted Lasso. Yeah, and you know, Cy and I moved out of Texas. Boy, boy, are your arms tired? Oh my God! Yeah, from tiling our kitchen. Yeah. Oh, that's what you're talking about. Uh, no, I was just doing my joke that always get the response of "Huh," but it amuses me <laughs> to no end. I like uh, yeah. Kenny. I thought it was fun. Uh, yeah, it's great. Cy, so I, uh, I appreciate Classic. your friendship. Uh, but I did get the text message. <laughs> from y'all yesterday because we are friends in real life mm-hmm, and uh mm-hmm. Sai was responding for john because his hands were quote covered in mortar such a yeah, attractive masculine thing <laughs> to get in response Sai mm-hmm, mm-hmm. was uh johnny tiling shirtless or um he did have a you know a plaid button down that was you know, partially unbuttoned. His hands were covered in mortar. He was flicking sweat from his brow. It was a whole thing. <laughs> oh, I had a red rag in my back pocket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, boy. I took a Coca-Cola break at one point. A couple ladies in an office were looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> a dog did a double take. <laughs> and a pigeon. Um, these are references for our older listeners. Oh, I see. Um, but yeah, we're back. It's Valentine's Day. Um, hopefully we get a new trailer for Ted Lasso in the next 10 days or so. And we can do an episode about that. That'll be exciting. I'm, I'm definitely ready for some Ted Lasso. Yeah. So far, we've only gotten one photo and in terms of official content. It's a good photo. It is a good photo. That's true. It hints hints at some uh, some conflict, you know. Yeah. Uh, which is surprising. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to lead with that. Yeah. Personally, I would have loved if they just written Nate off the show and they just mm. never referenced it again. 
<laughs> That'd be great. It yeah. just cuts it cuts to like two years later and it's like Nate was fired after one season at Westham and <laughs> we've, we've, we've moved on. Um, but yeah, we're today we're going to talk about um, size got a little Valentine's game for us to play. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. What a joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also we'll talk about shrinking for a minute. Oh my goodness. And, um, but first, um, we're going to do a little on-air taste test of something very special. Oh, outstanding. About, um, I, guess I'd, I guess I'd say two weeks ago now, I got a, a direct message on Instagram from somebody called Jenny's Genuine Ice Creams or something. I don't even know what their handle is. What they represent? Oh, God, jeez. <laughs> and of course, I was like, oh, some more spam, some more like fake accounts trying to, because it happens all the time. But I think they had the blue check mark and they were legit. And they said, do you want some Ted Lasso ice cream? And I said, absolutely. Are you crazy? So to be clear, um, everyone, this is the Jenny's ice cream. We did not yeah. say that correctly before, but it's the Jenny's like J E N I apostrophe S oh, just a hero and among ice creams. They've been, uh, they have a Ted Lasso, like limited edition Ted Lasso flavor ice cream. And they've been smart about who they're sending it out to. I'm sure some of the other podcasts have gotten it. Cult of Lasso got some, um, like Paul, Paul Tompkins. Tompkins and Patton Oswalt some of our favorite people have uh, gotten it. <clears throat> so we were lucky enough to get some as well. Kenny's got lost in the mail. Um, but Cy and I are going to, going to like taste it. And we're going to tell you everything about it. Uh, should I, should I be doing something on my end while you all are having the delicious taste of the biscuits with the boss, Jenny's ice cream. You can react. Okay. Um, this comes out March 2nd, I think. It'll be in like Whole Foods and wherever you get Jenny's. And it's only a limited run, so make sure you grab some. But right now I'm holding the Frosty Pint. It's a beautiful blue and red like Ted Lasso's uh, jacket. Makes sense. It's called uh, Biscuits with the Boss, of course. Now, is the container that it comes in a biscuit itself? I don't know. Okay. Let me see. Wow, that would be pretty cool. No, it is cardboard. Interesting. Uh, unusual approach, but, you know, to each their own. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. On the lid of the box, there's a cute little pink box, the classic pink box with some biscuits in it. And it says the boss, comma. <laughs> and then there's a whistle by it as well. Hey. Uh, let me describe this flavor to you according to the pint, to the container. Crumbly shortbread cookies and buttery sweet cream. Salty, mouth-watering, conversation-worthy. Mm. Ice cream is life. So what I'm going to do right now, this hasn't been opened, by the way. This is a fresh, sealed package of ice cream. And here we go. I'm lifting the lid off right now. Here we go. Mm. (laughs) And under the lid, there's a plastic flap. Oh, God. Um, (laughs) It just says, make people feel loved today. Oh, I like that. And now I'm going to peel that off. <laughs> mm. That's really nice. Um, <laughs> at first look, all I see is vanilla, some white ice cream, rocky terrain, some craters <laughs> melted around the edges and bubbling up when I squeeze. <laughs> What I'm going to do is scoop a little bit out for Sai <laughs> and bring it to her in the next room because that's where she is. Um, I am concerned after one scoop. I don't know if I see any shortbread chunks. So let me Uh-oh. dig a little deeper. Oh, boy. It is melted around the edges. Oh, boy. It's Crisis. squeezing out. It's on my hands. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. There's some shortbread on me. Get that off of the spoon. It's sticky. It's very sticky. As ice cream okay. is, it's okay. Okay. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to stand from this desk and walk this mug of ice cream 
to the next room. All right. And then you'll hear me on size mic. <laughs> It, it okay, can't, it can't be done. This is audio trickery <laughs> that has never ever been done. Never in the been history done on a podcast. It's like we are crossing over with ourselves, and it is such a thrilling prospect to be here at the forefront of podcasting history. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Sai, uh, are you more of a biscuits person versus an ice cream person? Uh-huh. Oh, I love a biscuit. Oh, love a biscuit. Ice cream delivery. Oh, here's Johnny, everyone. Hello. Thank you. Wait to taste it. I'll taste it with you. Okay. I'm going back to the other room. Wow, what a treat. What a play-by-play everyone's getting. This is... I can't wait to listen to this back. This is outstanding. Okay, I'm back. Hey, Johnny. How was it? How was the trip? Oh, it was good. Short, out of breath. Short. <laughs> oh my gosh. Sai, <laughs> si, is it true that you have a mug of ice cream in your hands? It is true. I have my kitty mug of ice cream. Why are you setting this up like it's a magic trick, Johnny? <laughs> like I know. It's really getting like David Blaney, and I don't know why. <laughs> now, Sai, if you would for me, um, take a sniff of this ice cream and describe what you what you sense. It's very sweet. On the nose? Yeah, to me, it's a little sweet on the nose. I'm getting some sort of spices, probably from the biscuits. Um, wow. I'm getting like maybe Biscoff vibe, which is fun. So like Bisco- if you've ever had a little Biscoff uh, biscuit it's from the old uh, Delta. Biscoff. Yeah, I'm getting those vibes. Looks great. And I do see chunks in mine, which is good. So he's, he did scoop me a nice little piece here. I smell ice. Okay. Ice? Yeah, it just smells cold. It That's smells it? cold? That's all I get, for real. Really? Maybe it's because it's too much of it in my, mm-hmm. in my, That's in true. my pint. I'm, with the mug, it kind of like aerates it to an extent. Like I just have this. That's true. Let me steer mug. it up a little bit. You all seem to have extraordinarily sophisticated palates. Well, it's because we eat things flavor side down. <laughs> Short tackle life flavored side down. All right, now I've got a spoon. Let me smell just the spoon and see if I can pick up. Pick okay. You no, just, just ice. Hmm. Are you just smelling the spoon? Sans ice cream. You're just smelling yeah. a spoon. Just a spoon. No. So you can set the palate. Yeah. It I, smells like ice. I understand the logic. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> All right, let's give it a taste. Here we go. <laughs> a little sour. It's sour? <laughs> Not getting sour. It is sweet, though. Which is fine. Ice cream is meant to be fine. Or is meant to be sweet. Ice cream is meant to be fine. <laughs> that is their slogan. <laughs> <sighs> okay, the biscuit is good. Uh-huh. It is... um. I mean, it tastes just like a shortbread biscuit. It's uh, mm-hmm. just like those ones that we got from David Chang. Um, it's interesting that you're not picking up the sour notes, though. No. I'm getting, like, very sour notes. What kind of sour notes? Like, like, a, like an intentional sour. So, like, um, like a heavy cream has a bit of a sour or bitter note to it, you know? Oh, that's interesting. Or sour cream. Not quite sour cream, but almost there. Uh, just for clarification, bitter heavy cream was my nickname back in college. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. Mm-hmm. In that sense, sure, I could get a little bit of like a Greek yogurt vibe in some ways. But I'm mostly getting like the sugariness of the cookie. It is quite good. I will say that. Mm-hmm. But just for Very the, smooth. Mm-hmm. Well, that is Jenny's, I mean, signature move is that it is the smoothest ice cream you've ever had. Unlike many an ice cream that's kind of icy sometimes, I would say Jenny's is like texturally just 10 out More of 10. More than icy. Now, yeah, for, for sure. Rubes such as myself, whenever you say more smooth than icy, mm-hmm. what? Does that 
what what you're saying that you smell cold and that it tastes icy. What does that mean? <laughs> I mean, I think it's more of a texture thing for the uh-huh. icy. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You can almost feel the crystals. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where when it's like Jenny's, it's straight up like solid milk. Like it's just so smooth. It melts without depositing any crystallage on your tongue. Oh boy. (laughs) And the biscuit in here is very soft. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really good. I like that it's not just straight up vanilla. At least it doesn't seem to be. Agree. And it is a little salty, a little bit of salt. Ooh, that sounds pretty great. sweet. It's almost again. We can like, send you a pint, Kenny. It's not like quite like a chai latte, but it's it has some spices, and it is creamy but sweet. Like I, if you're getting a latte, to me, a chai latte is rather sweet as opposed to just like a regular latte. So, to mm. me, this is a rather sweet ice cream. With some spices. It's pretty delightful though. I do like that we're we have like complete different um accounts of the taste. Well, it makes <laughs> sense considering that you're both different people. And I'm a man. You're man. You love dairy and <laughs> I don't know, just power. There you go. Power and sour. I love sour too. Very good. Side, did you eat it flavor side down? Oh, that's a really interesting question. Let me think about that. I'm going to literally so mime how I would take, eat this ice cream. You would take the scoop, put it, you, you would take the spoon, flip put it, it in the ice cream, and then flip it over and then stick it in yeah. your mouth real quick? Yep. Yep. No. So that the ice cream con- connects with my tongue. Uh-huh. Nope. Ice cream goes roof of my mouth. Oh, wow. Okay. How do you, do you flip it? I do flip it. You put your thing down, flip it, and reverse what? it. Yeah, this is interesting. The, there's no taste buds on the roof of my mouth. Interesting. <laughs> this is interesting. And then you kind of aerate it and mash it against the roof of your mouth, mm-hmm. and then uh, recoil at the sourness. <clears throat> no, this is very good, and uh, <laughs> we're very, uh, very appreciative of Jenny's because they also sent us some of our other favorite flavors. And a and a cool scarf, outstanding. So thank you, Jenny's. What's, um, what's the Jenny's scarf look like? It's orange and white, and it says "Ice cream is life." Oh, fun! And it's nice and and hefty. It's a nice, well made scarf. Uh, now, because I seem to be the impartial party here, I'm going to just insert myself as referee. If you both had to rate the scale. Rate the flavor of the ice cream on a scale of <laughs> football is death to football is life. Hmm. Where would you rate the flavor? Is death the best or no? Uh, football is life is the best. Football is okay. death is the worst. Um, let's see. And I'll start with Cy. Okay. I got to think about it. I could go with a football is life. Hmm. Because I all the way at the top. It's really hard because, as we can tell, I I don't have a lot of emotions sometimes. So I feel like I should really <laughs> be like, if I feel like it's football's life, I should be screaming from the rooftops about how much I love this ice cream. But if I were more of an ice cream person, and if I were into milkshakes, this is this is for a milkshake lover, a person who goes to a milkshake shop and says, I want Reese's, I want this, I want that. Like that is a yeah. very specific consumer. And I am more like, I just want like a coffee flavored thing. I don't want anything else in it. Not too disgusting. sweet. Like it's just not who I am. It's but for those disgusting. who are milkshake lovers, I really think they would love this ice cream. This would make a good milkshake, and this would also be great in a float of oh, some sort. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would, um, I would rate this. Um, I would rate this ice cream as midlife crisis. <laughs> so, pretty damn good. Pretty far from death. Yeah. Um, you're you're feeling you're not necessarily purchasing the Ferrari, but you're definitely looking through the catalog. Yeah, and like doing the math in my head. Yeah, 
Can I afford this? Suddenly you're combing your hair just a little bit too forward, <laughs> which is actually drawing more attention to the receding hairline. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And in, in, in true story, I'm wearing shoes that don't support my uh, my arches the way they should, but they look cool. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, it's delicious. I could eat half of this pint right now, but I'm not going to. Why not? Because um, it'll make me cough. I'll get very phlegmy. Sinos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 you can be a phlegmy boy sometimes. Yep. <laughs> Dairy gets me phlegmy, like my shirt says. <laughs> I, okay. Phlegmy <laughs> uh, was my favorite moat man. Uh, sorry. I already messed up the joke. <laughs> you want to take that Flemmy, again? Still funny. Sure. Flemmy was my... Sorry, messed it up. <laughs> Flemmy was my favorite front man of Motorhead. Motorhead? Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. Lemmy is the real singer. And is it Radiohead or is it really a Motorhead? No, it's Motorhead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was at Jomney levels we were Flemmy, operating that's, that's on. That's funny. No, I I, I think you reacted appropriately. (laughs) (laughs) If I was like a good illustrator, I would make a t-shirt that said Flemmy Motorhead. And it was just like Lemmy spitting. (laughs) Yeah, like he's got the microphone in one hand and he's got like a handkerchief in another (laughs) hand. That's right. Yeah, that's fine. But I'm not. Um, all right, I'm going to step away again and I'm going to put this ice cream back in the freezer so it doesn't <laughs> melt all over my Bon Appetit. Magazine. <laughs> yeah, magazine. Great right back. Mm-hmm. Kendall, oh, how's it going? Uh, it's going pretty darn well. Uh, I had a therapy session earlier today. Love. That was uh, very productive, making some moves in my life, trying to explore cognitive behavioral therapy and trying to rejigger some of my thinking. Woo! Is this new? Um, I feel like you've been therapy. You've been in therapy for a while, but is this a new path we're taking? This is a new path uh, Love because it. I feel I feel like I'm pretty darn well informed of why, rather the origin of the coping mechanisms that I employ on a daily basis and all of my codependency issues. Codependency issues. I got the information. I believe that I have assigned it to blame appropriately. And now. <laughs> There's only so much thinking about the origins that I can do anymore. And now it's time to do, do the unpleasant work, which is trying to fix my thinking. That's great. Happy New Year. That's wonderful. Happy New Year, Sai. Happy New Year, guys. I didn't, I wasn't talking to you. Oh, <laughs> I'll go back to the freezer. <laughs> but, um, boy, this show's great. It's so good. It's so good. Now, Oh, wait, can me, we like tee it up for the listener? Like, what is shrinking? Where do they find it? Ba, ba, ba. Come on. Go for it. Oh, it's me. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> shrinking is, uh, it's a new program. It's another 30 minute on Apple TV, uh, brought to you by our friends, Bill Lawrence and, uh, oh my gosh. Roy Kent. Yes, there you go. Yeah. Brett Goldstein. And I think Jason Siegel's also co-created, right? Excellent. Potentially, Jason Siegel co-created it. He's he's in the show. He's it's starring Jason Siegel, and yeah. who's that man? Harrison Ford. Uh huh. Who's that woman? Jessica Williams. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and it's great. Definitely five out of five stars. Okay, go Kenny. Now, as I've alluded to, we are friends outside of the podcast, and John, you had a, and I don't think I'm being hyperbolic whenever I say. A truly shocking text message <laughs> where you said, right. which was hyperbolic. It was not hyperbolic in the sli- in the slightest, <laughs> uh, but it rocked me to my core, and I had to take a couple of days, walk around, yeah, figure out who and, I was. And honestly, this is probably going to lose us like ten thousand listeners. It might, yeah, uh, because you said, Johnny, that yeah. shrinking. So far, the three episodes that you've seen so far is better than Ted Lasso. I did. I said that. Now, would you care to elaborate on this viewpoint and then maybe give a quick synopsis as well 
of what shrinking is about for folks that are more lasso inclined as opposed to shrinking inclined. And this, and I just want to preface it by saying I do love Ted Lasso very, very much. You Otherwise, loved it I wouldn't so much be doing this podcast. You loved it so much that you started <clears throat> the first Ted Lasso podcast. Period. Right, right, with my friend and my wife. Um, here's what I think: shrinking has a lot of this, a lot of similar elements of Ted Lasso, especially like the pacing and the uh, contrast of characters and the way it's being set up. But there's like a touch of um, what's the word? melancholy yeah there's like a touch of sadness and also it deals with grief and i'm a sucker for grief stories um but it's also dealing with it delicately and it's like paced out very well so far anyway like i said i'm only three episodes in but um it's like it's dealing with grief and kind of presenting these characters faults but it's also very kind to the characters like ted lasso is you know what i mean it's not like look at this fucking idiot yes. crying about his wife dying and now he's doing horrible things it's just like more realistic um yeah i don't know I've, and i've never been a huge jason siegel fan but he's really he's really doing it for me in this one it's been a while since we've seen siegel in this zone it's definitely harkening back to his judd apatow how i met your mother persona uh more than what his recent output output has been as of late mm. which has just been a little bit more dour uh and he's just so like he he's just so charming he's and it's such an effortless performance uh playing the therapist jimmy yeah. and kind of hitting a breaking point Oh, saw your hand is raised. Yeah, I was just going to say that if you're a Ted Lasso fan or if you're not, well, you're probably not listening if you're not a fan. Uh, (laughs) Shrinking to me is just a slightly more grounded version of Ted Lasso. Yeah. So it's still like it's a hopeful show. It's like a lot of interesting character study. But I think Ted's character and like. Like the fact that Ted's like, you know, an American across the pond and like is kind of silly and has this mustache and is like cracking jokes all mm-hmm. the time. Like all of that, it's it's great and it has its devices that work, but shrinking kind of doesn't do that. So you literally have regular characters that you know in your own life potentially. And it just explores interesting things like such as grief. And yeah. I don't know. I really like it. Like, I feel like, well, I just love therapy. I feel like I'm somewhat in Uh therapy watching the show, um, which is wonderful. And it's like, um, it presents like, at least so far, many different shades of grief. I feel like a lot of shows or movies that deal with sadness, everybody's just sad and they're not really expressing it in realistic ways. Whereas shrinking seems like, you know, we're going to show you all the different or at least different perspectives of grief and different possibilities of grief. Um, so I really appreciate it for that. Yes. Um, to, to the point about this being a very interesting companion piece to Ted Lasso. And I feel like a lot of the subtextual elements of Ted Lasso about self-improvement and becoming the best version of yourself. I feel like mm-hmm. that subtext is far more to the surface. I mean, obviously, it's about Mm -hmm. notions of therapy Um, while but but it's still because it could be a fine line of going, hey, here's what worked about Ted Lasso, which is all the mental health and mental and just wellness and well-being talk. And the threat of making it about therapists runs the risk of making it a little bit too blunt. And at least so far, because I have watched the four episodes and it seems to be unpacking that stuff in a very slow and honest way while also being very funny. Uh, and it's good. And also it's playing a really dicey game with, uh, the main character of Jimmy. 
if you're viewing it as a whole representation of therapy, but also the show is smart enough to be like, what you're doing is not necessarily great. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. But not, but also not evil. Yes. I don't think I've ever seen a show which presents therapists as people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the therapists in the show are very much doing their best and are intelligent, but also um, how to deal with their own things. The character of Jessica Williams uh, mm-hmm. being a fabulous example of knowing exactly what the heck is going on. But at the mm-hmm. same time, it's difficult to practice what you preach. She's so good. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I the think best. this might be my favorite Jessica Williams performance so far. Yeah. I do like um, between this and Ted Lasso, I do like how they are like portraying therapists as people. Because even in Ted Lasso, um, Dr. Sharon in that one scene like was talking to her therapist. Yeah. And we talked about the um, that 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 trope of the what the black therapist and having all of the answers. Right. And how Ted Lasso did eventually head that off at the pass, which is definitely a phrase that I use all the time. Do it again. Uh, it, it headed that trope off at the pass and added some complexity to Dr. Sharon. Very nice. Uh, also, we get my favorite Harrison Ford <laughs> next to morning glory, Harrison Ford. I think Morning Glory Harrison Ford is still my number one, but this Harrison mm. Ford. You're liking this Harrison Ford? Um, oh, God. it's a shame that you're on media sabbatical at this moment because yeah. episode I've four I've heard. has some prime, ooh, some choice cuts of Ford. Oh, boy. Yeah. I, um, I mostly like Harrison Ford in it so far. There's been a couple moments where I'm like, oh. Harrison Ford. Go on. He's old. He is. And it's interesting to see this. And also in juxtaposition with his role in 1923. uh, Because. Oh, did you watch that? No, but former uh, and future guest of the show, Heidi Rogers, is a Yellowstone fanatic. And it's much (laughs) like a turkey with feed is gobbling up all of it. Wow. And I, I wouldn't have guessed that and Indiana Jones in the dial of destiny. And it's interesting to see Ford leaning into his age. And also as opposed to other properties where it kind of brings in the old hand, but they're still kind of tough. Uh, Harrison Ford is gruff because, well, he's Harrison Ford, but also he is, I, I think he's allowing himself to look frail mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to be old. And that is hard and we need more of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I do like that. He has Parkinson's in the show. Yeah. I'd, I had asked Johnny, I'm like, do you feel like Harrison Ford is acting old or do you feel like Harrison Ford's like really old all of a sudden like I don't it's almost hard to tell but it's kind of I don't know nice giving like the elderly a little bit of humanity like yeah and complexity yeah it's it's interesting because old people are people still they are people with all kinds of issues other than just being old Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah it's nice to see a, a fully like a 3d character of uh of that age <clears throat> so yeah shrinking if, i'm sure if you're listening to this you've already watched it but if not definitely worth checking out i think it's great i i rate it football is life mm, yeah I but think like, right a, like, a, like a like a vehement football is life because it's so pleasant to watch mm-hmm. i would say it it's that. very pleasant yeah krista miller's character as well, uh, playing a oh, mom. Man, yeah. What a fabulous character. An empty nester mom mm-hmm. who just wants to be a part of somebody's life. And is looking for new purpose. And it is such a thrilling character to and watch. Her husband in the show was the neighbor from Married with Children. And I don't know if I've seen him since Married with Children. Yeah. And, uh, and he's great. Ted McGinley is 
fabulous in the show. He just pops in for like one-liners every once in a while. He's, he's funny. Yeah. Cool. It's Valentine's Day. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh. <laughs> it takes a second. I was like, sound like a game show game, like Yakety Sax. I was trying to put together why Sai was starting to sing the Andy Griffith theme for a second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it was. Okay, sure. Careless Whisper? Is that what this song is called? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, we should really investigate. Did he steal that tune from Andy Griffith? <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get anyone in trouble. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah, uh, George Michael will uh, take him take his estate to court. <laughs> I George did, Michael from Arrested I Development. was just going to say that's who I envisioned. To like, what? <laughs> He's the first George Michael I know. Unfortunately. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so sorry, Valentine's. You got a segment for us. I got a segment. We're gonna see how it goes. Um, <laughs> essentially, I've got a wheel of names, and oh. I just want us to put some random relationships together, <laughs> and then just talk about what would happen in them. So nice. I've got some prompts. Um, yeah, I've got. Do you have a name for this? Dang, I should have came up with a name. Do it right now. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a name for it. It's just going to be. Uh, I, no, we could tell call us, it, Kenny. We could call it hashtag ship it. Yes. Or okay. No. The wheel of womance. Yes. Yes. The wheel of womance. <laughs> I love it. I'm even going to title my Google Doc, doc that or now. the Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> We're going with the Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, that's 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 good. Uh, Sai, every time that you spin the wheel, can you can you yell out "ship it"? Ship it. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> the Wheel of Fortune. Perfect. I'm gonna just giggle about that all day tomorrow. That's a great name. How will you giggle about it? Uh, just, uh, just like a light giggle. Let's hear it. Yeah, I just want to giggle hear it. peacefully. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear it. <laughs> no. My giggles are for me only. Okay, we're moving I, forward. If I was giggling about it, I just a light giggle for myself. I'd just be something like, <laughs> "Oh, that's pretty good." <laughs> Thank you. How would you do it, Johnny? This is how I would do it. <laughs> okay. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I would probably. I would audibly probably just laugh i often ha out loud maybe i would ha at it okay okay (laughs) so i'm gonna spin our wheel of names and then i'm gonna pan to one of you and we're gonna kick off a couple of questions we'll then get the other to chime in and then we'll spiel spiel we'll spin the name again wait are we playing the characters that come up or are we just um we're just theorizing you don't have to be that character there's no dramatic or dramatizations we're just gonna talk about it gotcha Okay, we're spinning. Do you guys hear it spinning? Do you hear that or is it just me? Okay, the Wheel of Names is now clapping. It's very exciting. Um, (laughs) Oh, what was I supposed to say? Wheel of... Oh, okay, we're going to say ship it after. Yeah. Oh, ship it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, our first character in the relationship is Sassy. Oh, okay. Okay. So now I'm going to spin it one more time. Oh, okay. We would be shipping it. Sassy and Terry Zero. I would love to see it. Right? Okay. So I'm going to start with Kenny. Pick a number between one and nine. Eight. Number eight. Oh, okay. If um, Terry Zero and oh, Sassy love this game, we're in kind of like a longer term relationship. Sure. Are I love you's exchanged 
Who says it first? And what is the context? Set the scene for us. What's happening? Uh, they definitely say, I love you. Terry Zorro would definitely be the first person that would say it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sassy seems like she's at least at this point in her life is, has been burned a little bit. And so might be a little bit more defensive about saying what her true feelings are and is invested more in the fun aspect of being in a relationship as opposed to mm-hmm. Terry Zorro, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which, uh, we can speak with having spoken with Mo Judy Lamore is bringing a raw sex appeal and also a vulnerability to it. He's, he's such a nice boy. And I feel like he would present that in the relationship. He would be the first one that would say, I love you. Do you have any ideas as to uh, where, how, any of these details? The answer could be no, mm. but or John, if, do you have any thoughts to add? I, I think it would probably be after a date, maybe where they are enjoying each other's company at one of their domiciles. And Terry Zoreau <laughs> stops things and says, I need to be upfront with you. And it's okay if you do not reciprocate at this point, but I must be honest mm-hmm. because I live mm-hmm. a life of honesty. Mm-hmm. That's what I have learned while being mm. uh, under your best friend, Rebecca's uh, tutelage. <laughs> and then there will be some funny banter about him saying under Rebecca's tutelage. I know. And I Sassy want more like, what's, usage. What's that supposed to mean? And Zoro's like, you know what I meant. And Sassy's like, <laughs> you're so funny. And then uh, he just blurts out, I'm in love with you, Sassy. Wow. I have been for a while, but only now have I been able to work up the courage. And of course, I wish that you would say it back to me. And also, I'm very much enjoying what we're doing now. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, according to Webster's Dictionary, tutelage is the protection of our authority over someone or something. Guardianship. Yeah. Oh, that's her response. Okay, good. Yeah, that's how (laughs) she's avoiding saying it back. She's not ready, right? She's not ready. Yeah. Okay. I loved that. Thank you, Kenny. Johnny, can you pick a number between one and nine, excluding eight? I'm going to take three. Okay. This is more of a binary question. Do you think they go the distance? Let's call it whether or not we want to say marriage, but like long-term, like Oprah Stedman, or do you think they're going to break up? Oh boy. I think they would last for a while. Um, you know, maybe like a decade. Oh, wow. That's quite good. Yeah. Okay. But I think eventually it would, it would fizzle out a little bit. And I think it would be sassy. Who's the one who calls it off. Mm -hmm. I think that there'd be talk of children. Sassy's like, I'm, I'm beyond that. I already have one of those. Um, and she gets to the point where she almost feels guilty. Mm, whether she's right or not feeling that she's preventing him from having mm-hmm. that kind of life. Mm-hmm. So she's the one that breaks it off for the sake of him being able to have a family with somebody who's, who wants that more. You know what I mean? I think this would happen at that bridge in Montreal on a visit back to home <laughs> oh. during the fireworks in the summer. Oh. And he just doesn't see it coming. Wow. He's like, this is amazing. I've been wanting to show you these fireworks of Montreal. And she just feels it's the best time to, to just break it off. Dang. Mm-hmm. That's devastating. <laughs> this is amazing. So to you, <laughs> this, I both say, I can't. Oh, so no, I, go ahead. Can we play this game like outside of the podcast? <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is so much fun. Yeah. These are like really high quality answers. Um, if this could play out on Ted Lasso, I ask you both, would you ship it or clip it? <laughs> <laughs> There's the name. That's a great name. <laughs> I would ship it. I would clip it. You'd clip it. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. I don't I don't want to see a must that do. Pairing. It's not a must do. <laughs> I just want to see Zoho getting more screen time. Yeah. If this is what it takes, I'll, I'll I think this it. is what I it think, takes. I think season four should be 
Who cares about Ted Lasso? Let's get Terry Zarrell. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> that was great, guys. We're going to spin that wheel again. We're going to spin the wheel of Womance. Oh. <laughs> Make a sound effect when it's spinning. Yeah, you got to yell ship it or clip it. Now I'm just so the sad that y'all don't get to hear it. Okay. So I'm going to go like Richard, Richard, Richard. Ooh, Richard. Okay. We got Richard. And also let me just shuffle these names Crossing my fingers for somebody to come up on the other side. Okay. It's Richard again. And Nathan Shelley, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. yes. Wow. That's what I was hoping for. Jonathan, That's what we you get were to start for? with you. Yep. I need a number one oh, through nine, excluding three and eight. Let's do seven. Okay, great. If Nathan Shelley and Richard, uh, I don't know his last name. Richard Richard. Um, we're in a love triangle. Who enters the rink? Oh, wow. <clears throat> I was just getting used to Nathan and Richard being together. <laughs> I know. It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> I think, by the way, this is the reason that Nathan left the team, really. Conflict of interest. This, yeah. And he couldn't suppress his love for Richard, so he just wanted to uh, distance himself. <laughs> So if they they're together, yep, they're in a juicy. Maybe it's still kind of secretive. Maybe a few people know about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to just think of who's like closest to these characters in the show. Okay, I think it would be fun if Jan Moss was the third person. Okay, because he could. I think Richard is just sweet and, of course, very romantic. And almost like head in the clouds all the time. Mm -hmm. Nathan is nervous as hell about it. He can't fathom telling his dad about this. Mm -hmm. And then Jan Moss comes in as just like this brutally honest um, Dutch guy who's like, oh, are we doing this? <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> who's, who's on top tonight? Like he, to him, it's just like, we're just hanging out and having a good time, the three of us. <laughs> And then I think it introduces an interesting wedge because to Jan Moss, it's it's purely physical. Mm -hmm. Just here for a good time. Yeah. And Nathan and Richard are like, is he kind of mucking up our romance or is this also just physical for us? Who you know? brings Richard or who brings Jan Moss in? I think he catches them after after the Richmond versus Weston match. I think he he just walks in on them in the tunnel kissing just a little, little peck and then he straight up just says like are you guys fucking and then richard is like of course and jan Moss is like i want to be a part of that you got room for a third <laughs> sure yeah. so they don't like do it right there at the stadium after this game. Of course they, not. They're they, professionals. Like, like adults, they arrange a meeting and it's awkward. You know, they have to drink some wine. It's not awkward for Jan Moss. He's business. He's all business. <laughs> but for Richard and Nathan, it's a little awkward. They got to drink some wine. Um, they play some like card games to lighten <laughs> the mood and stuff. And um, yeah, and that's where it starts. Okay, great. I'm loving that. <laughs> uh, Kendall Madison, can you pick a number one through nine, missing three, seven, eight, please? Nine. <laughs> Great. <clears throat> nice. Great. Okay. Between Nathan Shelley and Richard Richard, uh, are there any grand gestures made? And if so, who makes it? Uh, I gotta correct you. Is Richard Montlar? Montclar. Montlar. 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 Are there any grand gestures? Hmm. I. Oh boy. Now Richard loves supermodels. We know this. We know this to be true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he does carry around. Well, he carried around a 
jar of sand from the beach where he had sex with his first supermodel. So he's a very sentimental character. And I feel like Nate also is an extraordinarily, extraordinarily sensitive human being that mm-hmm. has it within his capability to make grand gestures as well. However, insecurities may get the best of him. So he may be preventing himself from making the grand gestures, even though he feels compelled Mm -hmm. to make grand gestures because he knows that that is a way that you can gain love and trust and affection from others. Mm -hmm. Um, But do we know if Richard is the person that would give grand gestures versus being able to savor the gifts that are given Mm -hmm. and appreciate? Mm -hmm. Right. Hmm. What a fabulous question. First off, I give you uh, 10 points. Sign. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, As wow. the host, it's always great to get some points. Give you some yeah. points. You're winning. Um, the answer can be, yeah. we don't you know. know. I you mean, know that's what? okay. I'm going to say, because we're assuming that this relationship has gone a little bit of the distance. And I feel like maybe Nate feels safe enough at this point with Richard. He feels comfortable enough to make a grand gesture because he trusts Richard. And within that comfort, Nate would be the one to give the grand gesture. Yeah, I think so. I honestly think so, too. I think Nate's it takes a lot of courage, but I think he does it to your point as like a sign of trust and like, thank you for your patience with me and all those sorts of things. And then Rashard cherishes it. Like, I really think that's what would happen. Oh, boy. Does mm-hmm. this relationship make sense? It kind of does. Oh, boy. <laughs> and you know, the shock jock in me is only, it's just picturing, like, Nate making one of those boxes Ugh. and then having his dick in it. Oh, well, that's not what I was thinking. <laughs> I, I was going to be yeah, he did. like <laughs> a be box fair. of love notes and, and sweet things, but sure. <laughs> All right. Well, once again, I have to ask you both if this could be a storyline on the TV show, Ted Lasso, would you ship it or clip it? Kenny, you go first ship this it. time. Ship it, ship yeah. it, ship it. This one's a more of a ship than the first one for me. Okay. This one's very shippable. Yeah, I feel like I might be defensive of Sassy because I want Ted and Sassy to go the distance mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. can we do one more yes Yes, oh my gosh i was hoping that you would say that (laughs) okay great we'll do one more okay we are spinning the wheel it's on the line now oh here we go jamie tart okay I'm going to do another shuffle or see who we got. Interesting. Do, do, interesting. do, 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 do. Okay. I'll shuffle here. A little less, a little that. Okay. One more shuffle just for good luck. Okay. We're going. Well, this is wonderful. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Danny Rojas. Are you Rojas? Kenny's turn first, right? Yep. Kenny, we will start with you. We've got one, two, four, five, and six. Wow, that many? Yeah, it's good options. Starting with me? Starting with you. Cool. I'm going to go with the Madison family number, which is four. Great. What are each other's pet peeves with one another? Like, what are we not liking about Danny? What are we not liking about Jamie? Oh, uh, very obvious. Danny Rojas can be sometimes overwhelmingly positive, uh, which makes Jamie Tart feel even more defensive because sometimes he feels like he hasn't even earned that positivity as Mm. opposed to seeing what uh, the kind of person that Danny is, which is that he makes the choice to be positive uh, and try not to take that personally because it's not it's not an indication that you can't live up to the expectations. It just puts Jamie in his head. Sometimes Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because he feels like he doesn't deserve it sometimes. 
uh yeah jamie's uh but danny rojas's pet peeve about jamie is of course sometimes he can be a little bit too vain sometimes and that can prevent jamie from seeing the joy that life provides in terms of collaborate in terms of collaboration in terms of group dynamics sometimes jamie could be so focused on the individual that he can miss uh the forest from the trees but also because it's danny rojas sometimes that vanity is one of the things that he loves about jamie the -hmm. most and it activates some of the best tendencies right activate some new tendencies in danny as well because sometimes danny could be worried more about the entire forest and miss some of the trees and they can bring out th- those pet peeves can also bring out certain aspects of each other that might not have been there to begin with. True. I love that. Johnny, did you have something to add? I felt like you were like nodding vigorously at these assessments. You see me. I know, yeah, but I, I can feel your spirit. Oh, my No, I think gosh. what he was saying about Jamie and his vanity preventing him from you know, being more open to collaboration, I think it could also prevent him from from experiencing the joys of uh, or the fruits of failure. You know what I mean? Hmm. That's interesting. Did you All finally right. read my screenplay, Fruits of Failure? <laughs> <laughs> the prequel to Grapes of Wrath? Yes. That's right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Love it. Johnny, you are next. You've got one, two, five. And six. Boy, let's go number one. Excellent. I love a narrative. Describe the first date. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Jamie Tart and Danny Rojas. The first date is more of a playful exploration. Neither of them are admitting that they're on a date quite yet, but it is a date. Okay. I think that the night starts with almost this facade of manliness. Um, They go to like a UFC match, ringside seats, very close, close enough to smell the blood. (laughs) And I think they both like cheer, they're cheering a little too hard for these fights. Like neither of them are even into UFC that much, but they're just like putting on this performance of like, this is what a man does. We cheer for these punches and these kicks and in this cheering and jumping out of seats and stuff, they get a little more contact with each other. Like when they sit back down, they slap their hands on the other's leg. When they get up, they put their arm around their shoulder. They're getting closer. Even if they don't mean to, or even if they're not doing it on purpose, it's just like a subconscious, like romantic, uh, brotherhood thing almost mm-hmm. like uh you know like frat boys we know we know what we know what they do um <laughs> so that's where the night starts and they're drinking their miller high life or their their michelob ultra slim cans and they're watching joe rogan be a dummy on the stage and then they're like no oh, surely what? surely danny rojas would not be watching joe rogan no but he's at the ufc fights he's like there he's oh. always there um but that leaves a bitter taste in their mouth. Neither of them are into Joe Rogan. Um, but they, they've had so much fun, they decide, like, why should we end the night here? I know we didn't plan on doing anything else. But, like, let's go get a drink. Um, Danny Rojas is like, do you want to go do some shots at this, like, crazy, uh, like, loud, active bar? But Jamie Tart recommends that they go somewhere quiet and they have a nice cocktail mm. where they can just talk. Because... He realizes that they've never just sat down and had a nice conversation. He doesn't know that much about Danny, and Danny doesn't know that much about him. So they go to, like, this nice swanky cocktail bar that Jamie, you know, can just get in because of his celebrity. Um, They get their own little corner booth away from the crowd, and they just have this nice conversation, and, you know, they learn about each other. They learn how much they have in common. They rest again rest their hands on each other's legs and stuff get a little more playful a lot of laughter more liquor lighting everything up um and it crosses their mind both of them that like is there a thing here should we take this further but that first night both of them decide let's 
let's not rush into anything. Let's take this slow. If there is something here, let's let it develop naturally. Let's see what happens. So they leave the bar, but both of them are kind of like feeling each other. You know, they're like, they're vibing. But both of them make the adult decision to just exchange a light kiss and a hug. Okay. A light kiss, no tongue, just a peck. A peck and like a hesitation. Uh huh. Oh, uh-huh. Should I we kiss again? I was gonna say, if this <laughs> is not ending a kiss, what are we doing here? Yeah. Okay. But I think it could have gone. They could have gone for another kiss. Sure, like sure, sure. Oh my gosh. Sure. A first tentative kind of, kiss is always. <laughs> yeah, but they kind of have this mind meld of like. No, no, no. Let's save that. Let's save that. Let's save that for when we're sober. <laughs> so they hug. They embrace. Oh my. The, they God. smell each other. Oh know, my God! Take whiffs. <laughs> this is incredible. They and lock then, in the pheromones. Got it. Yeah, they lock in. They smell their necks, and then um, they separate, and they have that awkward like, "All right, I pat your shoulder, you pat my chest," and oh, what? And good game, and uh, I'll see you tomorrow on the pitch. And they walk away, and oh. they think about each other the rest of their night alone in their beds. And then eventually down the road, they're going to explore this more and, and eventually become partners, you know? Mm-hmm. Why my, my. <laughs> that was quite a buildup. Really enjoyed it. Um, I really just want to go straight to this right now. If this could be a storyline on Ted Lasso, <laughs> do we ship it or do we clip it? Uh, I, sh- mm. I ship it as long as John Rhodes is writing. <laughs> I should the heck out of that. Yes, you should. You should write fanfic. I'm sure that there are a lot of listeners out there who would be willing to hook you up with your own AO3 account. <laughs> <laughs> there might already be some out there. I have to check. Sure, um, I'll ship it. It'd be fun. I'd really enjoy it. Just something mm-hmm. about both of them being like, we want to, but we have to restrain ourselves. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, this time. Oh boy. Let's be sensible here. <laughs> Love it. Damn, this was actually really fun. I'm so glad we got to play The Wheel of Womance. Um, And thank you for participating. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. Absolute delight. We should do this next Valentine's Day, even if there is no Ted Lasso anymore. <laughs> yeah. Or do it with shrinking characters. We should Great. do it with shrinking characters. We need more characters. It's a lot of family members <laughs> right now. Yeah, it's yeah. a very closed environment. Awkward. Yeah. Anything else? I think that's a wrap. I hope everyone has a happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, happy Valentine's Day. Yeah. Whatever that uh, means for you, you know? Hopefully I get to chat with you guys in 10 days. Yeah, for the for the trailer. Yeah. I really need something from Ted Lasso. Yeah. <laughs> he said through tears. <laughs> <laughs> There's tears I just, in my I just need something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, uh, real quick. <laughs> I got to thank our patrons real quick. Yes. Listen, we have a Patreon. It's paused right now um, because there hasn't been any Ted Lasso and we're not putting out content. So we're not charging people. But if you wanted to join and be in there for when we start things back up, when season three starts back up, it's uh, patreon.com slash LassoCast. And real quickly, I'll just read through the people that are, that are still hanging on there, even though we're not even putting anything out, really. Um, Rachel. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> JD Bow Monster, of course. Thank you so much. Amanda Dubs, thank you. Jen Claput, thank you. Melanie Diaz, thank you. Cheryl Nelson, thank you. Kristen Vensel, thank you, sis. Jamie Tarbell, thank you. Sarah Rabbit, thank you. Donna Brown, thank you. Adam Hobbs and Laura Hobbs, the Hobbses, thank you. Robert Sherman, thank you. Damian Ryan, thank you. James Fight, thank you so much. And Chelsea Lease, thank you. Kenny, do you have anything to plug? Uh, yes. If you can't get enough of just my voice in your ear holes, I also host a podcast called the Trek Wars podcast, where each week myself and my co-host Aspen Webster take one episode of Star Trek versus one episode of Star Wars. And we are ranking each one of them against each other. Mm-hmm. 
in chronological release order until we finally answer one question, the most important question in all of fandom, which is better, Star Trek versus Star Wars. More yes. importantly, it's a great jumping off point for us to talk about uh, philosophy, politics, sociology, gender roles, uh, r- r- racial stuff. <laughs> I could have probably put that a little bit more tactfully, but say like me. <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah. so you can check that out at trekwarspods.com. As of this recording, we are currently talking about Star Trek, the original series versus alternating beast between Star Wars droids and Star Wars Ewoks. Oh, wow. Yes. Are you picking a winner each episode? Yeah. Unless there's a tie. <laughs> Who's kind of leading leading right now? St- Star Trek? Star Trek. Very much so. Yeah, uh, I imagine. And I have a sneaky suspicion that whenever we get around to Clone Wars times... The those numbers may change in an interesting way. Ooh, exciting! Yes. Side, do you have anything to plug? Y'all, I ain't got nothing to plug. But thanks for listening. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>